Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Hidden Gems Podcast. It is me, your host, Kendra, and today we are going to be talking about the beauty of your past. I feel like sometimes our past is something we don't always want to dive into. Like, we don't want to take a deep dive (laughs) into our past, but I feel like it's something that it's sometimes necessary and it might not necessarily mean that we need to take a deep dive but I think it's important to recognize pieces of your past that are influential to your future and kind of piecing all of that together to understand where you're going from your present I'm going to talk about an experience that I had this week that was very interesting and enlightening for me. So this week I was observed by the state in my classroom um, because of some things we've been having going on or whatever. And since I've been at this new school, I just kind of haven't really felt like I fit in. I haven't really felt like... um, well, for I'll say that it's made me question my ability to teach something that I've been doing all like all my life, all my working life that I've always in other in other spaces I've always known that I was a phenomenal teacher, like not even going to toot my own horn in the subject matter, the area that I'm in. I've always known that I was like a standout teacher. Um, but in this new space that I'm in, it's just kind of like oh, am I good at this? Because there have been so many challenges that have been presented in such a short span of time. And it was already uncomfortable for me. Um, So a lot, it took a lot for me to kind of, and I'm still in my head a little bit about it, but to get in a space where I am. So anyways, I had to have a coach come out and observe me. And um, she came out and she observed for two hours. And that is a long observation. Uh, most observations <laughs> are like 30 minutes. That two-hour observation, I was so nervous because in this new space that I'm in, I am constantly told, like, not by the state or not by anybody who actually understands my field, <laughs> but just by administrators. Things that I'm constantly doing wrong, things that need to be better, things that I need to do, things that I'm not doing. Like, so hearing all the negative things about what is going on uh and already feeling shitty about what is (laughs) happening or where you are um can really take a toll on you right so I was already feeling bad about where I was I my confidence my self-confidence in that particular area had plummeted I never felt so low um and so when this lady came out, I was like, oh, my God, because I know we have. So she does a two hour observation. Then we have a debrief after it. Right. Um, and I was just so nervous. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be another session of me sitting here hearing somebody how telling me how I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing that wrong. Um, I need to improve on this. I need to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And just like me being basically torn down, which sucks <laughs> for uh, everybody who knows that sucks like you don't always want to hear about the things you're doing wrong you don't always want to hear about things that you should be doing better and never hearing about the things that you are doing right in a situation because I think it's important when you are critiquing somebody on something to give them for me this is when I was like a manager or when I was a supervisor for me it would always be important to lead with the things that somebody is doing right first the things that they do well their strengths and then to get into areas of improvement. But in the situation I'm in, it's always like, this is what you need to do better. This is what you're not doing right. This is what you're doing wrong. Like, and it's, it's, it's never, it's never constructive. So anyways, back to the story. This lady came in, she did her two hour observation. We get to the debrief, we're talking. Um, and the first thing she says is, you did a lot of things well. And for me, I'm sitting there and I'm looking around the room like, she talking to me? (laughs) I did a lot of things well. And she's like, yeah. 
you did a lot of things well. She was like, I love how you did this, this, this. And she just starts listing off a number of things, every single thing. And she was like, I really don't have any bad critiques. She was like, I think you have excellent classroom management. You did a really good job of moving through the schedule. You got them from place to place. Y'all's transitions were smooth. Like, you did really well. I don't understand, you know, what's going on, why I was called out here to observe you. And I was sitting there, and it was just like listening to her talk about all the things I did well. A weight was lifted off of my shoulders, So my master's degree is in early childhood education. I've been working in early childhood education for 14, this is going on 15 years, since I was 15 years old. And so this is something that I know. Like, this is something that I grew up learning. And I came from a really great company, um, especially if you're trying to learn all about early childhood education and you're trying to make that your, your work field if that's what you're trying to do the company that I came from is chef's kiss phenomenal for that type of growth um so to leave that company uh go into public school and have to learn kind of the difference you know it's very it's a it's a challenge within itself but when I was at the first school that I was at it wasn't difficult because uh, at that location it was just kind of like oh you know we trust you, we understand that you know what you're doing, and we want to see where you're going to take this school year. And then I got displaced, and at this school, it's just kind of like, um, you're walking into a lot of problems already, and we're expecting you to turn it around because you came from these great places. And it's almost like they were expecting me to turn it around immediately, which is wild because the amount because of the amount of things that were already going on when I got there we're sitting there she's telling me all the things that I did well she's not understanding why she's here so I mean we just start talking and talking and talking and just um sharing information and we get to a point in a conversation where I'm like yeah because this is different from the company that I came from so for me I've never had these types of problems and she the evaluator looks at me and she's like you came from said company and I'm like yeah she was like I did too I worked there for 10 years and I'm like I worked there for 14 years and she's like I feel like I should know you and so it was just this really I guess a serendipitous type of moment and we were just like looking at each other like wow because and I said to her in that moment I was like I never meet people from that company like specifically where I am in this field now and she's like oh yeah she was like most because you know most of us are doing different things she was like it's not a lot of us who come into public school or whatever I was like yeah I could see that because um at least not like the long termers you know, people who were there for, I'll say, five to seven years plus are not typically leaving that company to go um, into public school or whatever. But we start talking and talking and talking, and we're talking about the pandemic and how things kind of changed for everyone. And she was telling me how um, she almost went back to our company that we both came from. And the crazy thing is... The craziest thing is earlier in this week, I thought to myself, I was like, I might just go back. Like, I might just scratch this whole contract, let them report me and go back because I can't take this anymore. I can't take feeling like I don't know what I'm doing when I know I know what I'm doing. I can't take being told that I am constantly doing things wrong or not doing enough and I think I might just go back um I won't have some of the things that I enjoy about working in the school system now I won't have some of those things but you know I can make it work I can make something shake (laughs) so I was like you know I might just go back and so when we got there and me and her were talking and she was telling me about how she almost went back I was like that's crazy 
because I literally had that same thought earlier this week. And she was like, yeah. And I asked her, you know, what made you decide not to? She was like, honestly, get in the call to come do your observation. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. Because she was tired of sitting in the house. So they had, for her position, they had been working virtually um, for a while. And she really wanted to be out um, in the field again. So she was like, yeah, your observation, um, I picked it up immediately. She was like, because I wanted to come out and see, you know, what was going on. And I wanted to be out in the field again. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. So we just sat and we chopped it up for a little bit afterwards, after the debrief. And then... um, when she left, I felt so, I felt so full. And that was a feeling that I hadn't felt in a long time. In a lot of aspects of my personal life, I, it was just something that I hadn't felt in a really long time. And after that evaluation, like, you know, cause she report, reported it to my supervisors or whatever, um, and after that, I just felt like I was like walking on air because I was like, you're everything that you learned, everything that you've done is for a reason. Like, you know what you're doing. And it kind of just gave me confidence, like the confidence that I needed to move forward and be who I am and not worry about the things that other people have to say other people who have never taught what I teach other people who have never been in there and who will openly criticize me and then say oh but yeah and I've never even worked in there before but this is you know what we need to do it was just enlightening for me it made me feel full and like it probably also made me feel full because I am very I am a words of affirmation person that is my primary love language hearing somebody you know, say those things to me about what I'm doing well, um, it's, it's already going to make me feel fulfilled. But <laughs> to hear it in a situation where I felt like, well, I was starting to feel like, like, can I do this? Like, am I good? Like situations where you're starting to question yourself and question things that you know to be true about you. And then to hear somebody say, no, actually, you are doing good. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You actually are doing better than you think you're doing. And a complete stranger at that is so uplifting and so fulfilling. Like, I I can't remember the last time I felt full like that. So when me and the lady were talking, we also talked about um, why it was that we wanted to go back. Like she wants to go back because she wants to get out of her house <laughs> for, I mean, long story short. Um, but she told me in the grand scheme of things, she wanted to go back because she's comfortable there. Like she knew that she knew what to do. And I wanted to go back for the same reasons. Like, I know I know what to do there, and I know I'm not going to have no issues if I go back. I feel like it is important to recognize kind of when you're being challenged, the importance of kind of following through, but also the importance of knowing when you need to go. And I think the line that treads between the two <laughs> of those is very, very thin. I think that's like a very, very thin line because I know that there have been times just in life where, and I think I talked about this in my last episode, but like where I, I will hold on, I will try to hold on as long as I can hold on to something, um, before I let it go. Even when all of the world around me is showing me that I need to let it go or I need to get out of there. And like the difference in this situation 
And I don't even know. And for me, I'm still not 100% clear yet. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like I'm a little clear. In this situation, it was just like somebody was placed here in this moment to tell me that I'm doing well, that you're doing really good. Somebody who is outside of like my mom, like your mom is your mom. Your mom is going to encourage you. She's going to lift you up. <laughs> she is going to be that bitch for you. Like she is going to ride for you. But you know, I think sometimes we build up like a, we know, we know we're going to get that from our moms. We know we're going to get that from, or people that you love and care about like you know you're gonna get that from somebody who is your supporter who's in your corner but for a I guess a non-biased kind of party to come in and um and somebody who doesn't know the whole situation or who doesn't well she did know the whole situation because she had to um but somebody who doesn't know you as a person to come into your life at a moment where you feel like everything is crumbling around you and you don't think that you're built for this. You don't think that you can make this happen. You don't think that you can do this. And you're having all of these negative thoughts about yourself to come in and speak life into you in those situations. It's, it's a feeling that I don't even think I could describe in words. Like, <laughs> Um, and it just kind of made me realize that like, maybe I can stick this out, but in the back of my head, I'm still like, do I want to stick this out? And I think that like with anything and like, like I said, I will hold on to things like any of my friends could tell you how I stayed in like dead end relationships. <laughs> Or uh, just like, just held on to things that I didn't need to hold on to. Um, because all the signs around me were pointing me in the direction that that wasn't going to work out. Uh, and that has that translates over into my job as well. So at the end of the day, we both, after our conversation, me and the lady were both like, I really am gonna go back because sometimes it's okay to be challenged a lot of times in life we kind of get to new places and I guess forget where we came from right and we forget who we are it's kind of like is it the lion king yeah I guess kind of yeah anyways we forget who we are and I say the Lion King because like Simba dipped because he thought he killed his dad because of his manipulative uncle and his gang of homies um and he went out to live with Timon and Pumbaa and he just kind of lived he lived there into his I guess I don't know early or late teenage years I don't know how old he really was anyways he went out there and lived in the in the forest with uh Timon and Pumbaa a warthog a warthog and a meerkat <laughs> and you a whole lion like <laughs> you need to be back with your pride um so and he in a sense forgot who he was until Nala showed up that day and y'all know how the story goes can you feel the love tonight like and he bouncing back to the pride but like yeah in a sense you'll forget who you are Sometimes when you're in like these situations where you get a job because you're highly qualified for the job or you're in a position because you're highly qualified for it and you know what to do and you do what you know. But sometimes the circumstances around like surrounding your position or your job all negatively impact what you may feel like is your ability to complete the task which is your job and sometimes you really have to go back 
And it's hard to do it. Now, it's hard to do it by yourself because trust me, I tried. I tried like to sit and like meditate and be like, no, Kendra, you're good at this. Like I talk about hugging myself. I've done a lot of hugging, a lot of hugging myself, (laughs) trying to tell myself that you're a good teacher. You're good at this. You got this. You know what to do. And it is hard. Um, Especially for, I guess, I feel like it would especially be hard if words of affirmation is your love language like it is mine. Uh, or your primary love language like it is for me um, because I'm speaking positivity positivity into myself but it it's like everybody in the at least in the workspace in the world around me is like no 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 now like I have had tons of conversations with my mom about all of this stuff that's been going on and my mom is like no Kendra you're a good teacher and like for for those conversations that I have with her those are uplifting um, but, and there, <laughs> there are things that I really have to hold on to when I go into work. Right. But yeah, so you have to really sometimes just look back at where you came from and remember who the fuck you are, because listening to other people's perceptions of who you are, even though you know who you are and you know where you came from and you know, you're qualified to do something or qualified to be where you are is or can be detrimental to your self-confidence. And f- at some point, if you if that's all you hear, it could be detrimental to your ability to do the job that you know. Okay, so Google is totally free. I know you have to sit on here and be like, <laughs> I don't know what imposter syndrome really is. Imposter syndrome is this. Okay, so this is the first definition that popped up in Google. Um, the source is verywellmind.com and it says to put it simply imposter syndrome is the experience of feeling like a phony you feel as though at any moment you are going to be found out as a fraud like you don't belong where you are and you only got there through dumb luck so that's imposter syndrome and actually wow that's wild okay so I did I do feel like I that's probably something I was struggling with and like I only in this position though like I never have felt like that anywhere else in my life but it's something about where I am right now where I was I was really feeling that because and I honestly do think it's because I'm so used to being in places especially work related where people recognize my talents and abilities and they're like wow we're so happy to have you here. You're doing such a great job. You're this like a lot of positivity in the work environment. That is what I'm used to receiving a lot of positive feedback. And I mean, like, now don't that doesn't go to say that I haven't had moments where I've received like some critiques or some things that I could improve upon. But I'm used to receiving a lot of positive feedback. Um, and at this place that I'm at, <laughs> that's not what I receive at all. And it's really because of some pre-existing problems that were already there before I got there that I have no control over. Uh, and it's like they expected me to come in and be Mary Poppins and turn it around within a day. But like, if you know anything about breaking old routines or old habits, especially, and I'll say especially in a classroom or a school um or childcare center wherever you are you come in in the middle of the year and the whole class is already set on their own tone of how they're gonna act and how they're gonna be and who's in charge especially if they had like they haven't had consistency especially as particularly for the age group that I work in which is young <laughs> the youngest the youngest ones in the building okay I come in in the middle of the school year and uh, not by choice. Also, let's not forget that. And y'all want me to turn it around immediately. Like, yeah, that's, that's a really high expectation for them to put on you. And then for me, because I'm used to, I was used to receiving so much positive affirmation, like in my past from my previous employers, I was thinking, Maybe I can. And that was a very high expectation for me to put on myself. Because when I got in there and I saw the situation and it's like I've had to fight tooth and nail for 
everything in that room. And then on top of that, to have to deal with like behaviors and all kinds of things. It is a challenge. Um, it is a challenge. And it, it, it definitely has brought me down a couple times where I've been like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I can do this because I don't think I'm good at this anymore. Like, I don't know if I just got here <laughs> because whatever. And then like, and then for people to be like, oh, you came from here. Oh, okay. Well, you, you must be good. Like a lot of neck rolling, a lot of like neck rolling, like, oh, so she thinks she better than a, like, and that, you know, just things like that. So I say all that to say, I got to this point where I really was experiencing imposter syndrome. And this is something I guess that y'all are hearing first on the podcast, because this is something that I'm just now realizing. <laughs> this is something I'm just now realizing I was experiencing. But sometimes you have to really remember who you are. And sometimes like, depending on what you believe in, the universe, God, whoever will send you random, just random little shots, random little things to remind you of who the fuck you are because you needed that. I definitely know I needed that because I have been having, oh, also, okay, so I have been having, or I had had a depressive episode. Um, it was really weird a couple months ago. And I I was telling my, my old therapist about it. Oh, also, so I got a therapy update. <laughs> so um, I think I already told y'all how. I had a therapist. I had her for about five and a half, six months. And she decided to leave the practice she was at. But the practice that she was going to, um, doesn't take my insurance. So I wasn't trying to pay all of that. Um, so I was waiting and then the practice that I'm at had no more therapists who took my insurance. So then I had to figure out something anyways. So I have an appointment lined up to meet a new therapist, but it's not until April. So anyways, my old therapist, um, damn, I lost my train of thought. Oh, so I was talking to my old therapist about like this and I was when we were talking and I was telling her about um, a moment where I felt like really deeply sad and like disconnected. And I had never uh, I never saw myself as somebody who was depressed or um, experiencing depression because and I think it's really because I don't have a great understanding of what depression is. Yes, I know Google is free, but I'm telling you about the experience that I had when I was talking to my therapist. Okay. Um, so I was telling her about, it was actually at my youngest son's third birthday. <laughs> uh, we were all out at the park. We were just, it was just a little outside cause it, his birthday's in November. You know, if you live in Georgia, November's still warm. So we were out at the park. <laughs> we, um, all the, a lot of people that i love and care about we're around and we're celebrating his birthday and like I just on the inside I felt very sad and I don't know where that came from but I felt very sad and I felt very like disconnected from that moment which was weird to me because it was a feeling that I had never felt before. And it was almost like an out of body experience. Like I'm watching <laughs> everybody else. I'm watching everybody else be there and be there to celebrate and I'm there celebrating and it was so strange because it was like I was deeply sad and 
deeply and like not deeply disconnected. I was deeply sad and I was feeling disconnected, but I was also on the other hand connected at the same time. So it was just like, I was happy to be there, but I was also sad about, (laughs) it's almost like I was having an existential crisis. Like I was just sad. I was happy to be there, but I was sad to be here. And like she, the first thing my therapist is like, okay, did you have any thoughts of harming yourself or harming others? And I'm like, no, I just felt sad. (laughs) And And the more I was like trying to explain it to her. And I feel like I maybe in that session, I probably was like over explaining because she already knew what was going on once I explained the first part of it. But like. And even thinking about thinking back on it now. I can still feel those feelings. (laughs) Like thinking about those feelings. If that makes any sense. Sure. It makes sense. Like I can still feel how I felt on that day. But that's not how I feel every day. So I was talking to her about it. And I'm telling her about it. And she was. And I was like. So like. What is going on with me? Because. I don't feel like I'm depressed. And I don't feel like that all the time. But on that day. I don't know. I. I didn't feel like myself. And she was just explaining. She was like, well, you know, sometimes people experience a depressive episode. She was like, and a depressive episode can last, you know, I don't remember exactly how long she said, but (laughs) I know one of it was like, you know, it could last like two months, two weeks. It can last however long it lasts. But um, it was a really weird kind of moment for me because I never saw myself as depressed and and it's not and on one of my one of my episodes this season my second episode this season I said I had depression I don't have depression um she's I'm kind of messed that up um but she was like it was a depressive episode that I was experiencing because um I don't really have a history of like depression and it's not something that she in her professional opinion would have diagnosed me with was depression so um but like I had a depressive episode And a lot of those feelings, I think, had to do with where I am, like, in my work life. But, so, yeah, thinking back to the moment where I was feeling all those feelings and feeling depressed or having that depressive episode, It was really like an out-of-body experience. And I know that a lot of the contributors were due to, like, how I've been feeling about work. But I legitimately felt like, I don't know if y'all have seen that commercial. It used to come on. I feel like it used to come on all the time when I was, like, in college and high school and stuff like that. Where this lady is just, like, walking around all these different places. And she keeps, like, a a smiley face that's kind of, it's, like, on, on a popsicle stick. And it's a, like, cut out of a smiley face. And she holds it up in, like, social situations. It is a commercial about uh, depression. It's like a medicine uh, that they're trying to sell. Anyways, and she holds it up. That's how I felt that day. And I feel like I was putting on a mask. Every, like, five, every, in that day, in that moment. And I felt so bad about it because I was, like, I'm actually very happy to be here. But I'm also very sad right now about things that are going on in my life and I'm not gonna say everything was work-related like other challenges have been presented but I feel like to not feel for me to come from such a great environment of support to a place where I don't feel supported at all um that really had taken a toll on like my mental health. And I'm very thankful that I was already in therapy um, going into that situation. But that is really kind of what happened. And that is how I was feeling on that day.
Here's something nobody asked for. It's time for Astrology Talk with Kendra. All right, so for those of you who know, you know, uh, Mercury is still in retrograde and so is Venus. But to give y'all an update, we are <laughs> we are almost out of it. Uh, we've got one more week left in Venus. And then after that, we and then only a week and a half. Yeah. It's a little more than a week and a half, but left in Mercury's retrograde. And then we will be out of it for a while, at least until the next one. And we can all breathe a little easier about some things. So I want to know which retrograde has been whooping y'all the worst. Because (laughs) it's like parts of the retrograde. I don't know which one is kicking my ass the worst. I don't know if it's Mercury or Venus. So, actually, I think it's just both. Both of them are whooping my ass. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, Communication. uh, Relationships. All of that stuff. It's been going down in the DMs. Like, not really, like, in my DMs. But, like, (laughs) it's been going down. Basement. Okay? (laughs) So here's some fun facts about Mercury's retrograde, and this is posted by um, a page I follow. Fo- fo- uh, page I follow, a page I follow called Moon Memes. Um, so it says Mercury retrograde in Aquarius because that's where it is. And for those of you who know me, you know that my sun sign is Aquarius. Um, and those of you who don't, because I talk about it all the time. So really, if you know me, if you listen to me, you know. That my sun sign is in Aquarius. So Mercury's retrograde is in Aquarius. And so it says Mercury retrograde is a common event happening three or four times a year, lasting for approximately three weeks. Aquarius teaches us objectivity and detachment, but it also encourages us to dare to be different from the norm. We may reexamine our ideals and ideologies, reevaluate our relationships with the groups we are a part of. More and more people will feel the urge to reclaim and defend our right to think and express ourselves freely. So that is a little snippet that they posted. Um, I thought it was really cool. Actually, I shared it in my story also last week. So um, I don't know if I'm going to share it again, but I might. I might. So, yeah, that's what Mercury's retrograde is about. Also, the name of the page is not Moon Memes. It's Moon Omens. I'm tripping. It's Moon Omens. Um, so people are usually all like shaking up about Mercury's retrograde, but I want y'all to understand Venus has been in retrograde for like two months. So if your wallets and your relationships have been shaken up, like for the last two months, for I like for certain, um, that's why I know for those of you who don't believe in astrology, you're like, no, that didn't make any sense. Also another quick tip, um, when you're reading like your daily horoscopes, you should actually read them based off of your rising sign and not off of your sun sign. So like growing up, I always used to read my um, daily astrology and stuff. I used to read it for Aquarius. And I always wondered why like some of it just really didn't make any sense for me. (laughs) I was like, "Mm." some of it I could relate to, but some of it I was just like, that's not really applying to me. Until recently, I found out that you are supposed to read your horoscopes based off of your rising sign and not your sun sign. So apparently, the reason you read it based off of your rising sign is because your rising sign, which is also known as your ascendant, represents the way others see represents the way others see you, your general impression on people and your spontaneous reactions. It reflects the zodiacal sign that was ascending on the eastern horizon the moment that you were born so when you're reading your daily horoscopes now you got to read them based off of your rising sign and actually it will make a lot more sense when you start reading them that way like I feel like your sun signs will make sense 
because that is essentially a part of who you are. But your rising sign is like how you present to the world. So like my rising sign is a Leo rising. Those are your astrology facts for this episode. Read your horoscopes based off of your rising sign. Mercury and Venus are almost out of retrograde. If the retrogrades are really whooping your ass, it's just really because it's time to do some reflecting. That's what retrogrades are here for, to make us reflect on ideals and things that we had in mind that may be outdated and maybe needed to be changing. Um, I, I don't know if y'all have noticed, and maybe I'm just hyper aware to this because I'm super into astrology, but a lot of like people, couples, celebrities, like people have been breaking up and doing all kinds of things during the Venus retrograde. Um, it's because Venus is in retrograde. I mean, and, and it's because the retrogrades challenge you to reevaluate ideas that you maybe had about the way things should be. Um, and p- they push you to go into different levels of consciousness, uh, different stages and phases. So even though we all hate to hear that a retrograde is coming, I think that retrogrades are good for something, just like any challenges. All right, so I listened to the Amanda Seals podcast, Small Doses, right? And if you don't listen to it, I feel like you should. A lot of people don't like Amanda Seals. I mean, well, I don't think it's a lot of people, but I hear that people don't like her, but I don't know why. But I like her podcast. And um, this week she had an author on there and her name, and I pray to God I'm not messing this woman's name up. I, her name is Chloe Dulce Lufuezo. Um, and she is a Cong- Congolese American writer and advocate for women. And she's on there talking about her book called Life, I Swear. And I literally listened to maybe like the first 10 minutes of this episode of them talking about the book and was like, oh, my God, I need this book. So I downloaded it because y'all know I got to do audiobooks now because I'm always I feel like I'm always in my car. Like commuting has been a big part of my last like couple months. So I'm always in the car driving to work driving to get my kids driving just driving anyway so she has this book out and I literally am about to start recommending this book to every woman of color that I know because the things that they are talking about that she is so it's a collection of stories um from women of color that she has known in her life and they are sharing their stories about things like miscarriage and things like um, working in different positions and all just, it's just like all these great stories of um, how these women got to be where they are and who they are. And funny enough, the story that I am in right now is about a woman um, talking about how she had to go back home in order to like cultivate herself. And by go back home, I don't mean like, um, like move back in with her parents. Like she was living in like LA and she realized, and she's from like the Midwest and she had, she kept having like these thoughts or these premonitions that she needed to go move back there. But she really liked living in LA and all this other stuff. Anyway, so she went to move back. She followed the voices, um, <laughs> that told her to move back. And she did that. And she was talking about how it has, um, been like a game changer or it has been life changing for her. But, um, So the name of the book is Life, I Swear, and it's intimate stories from black women on identity, healing and self-trust. And I'm going to be recommending this book to all of my friends. I feel like me and one of my friends in particular right now are in very similar situations. And like they talk about in this book, like the importance of basically like having a sister circle. And sometimes you meet people who you may you instantly connect with and you're able to share these things with and y'all are able to just share and fill each other and um I I am literally about to start recommending this book to everybody I might even buy this book for um some of my friends because I I feel like we all (laughs) could benefit from hearing stories like this especially as black women because we don't get to hear things like that all the time like we know what we go through and we know our traumas and we know how the world sees us 
but the way I don't know it's something about listening to the other stories that these women are sharing in this book that will make you feel like you're not in this like alone and even though you know you're not in this alone but you're not in this alone and hearing stories like that that you can relate to and that you can um kind of it they open your mind to possibilities of different things as is amazing so I highly recommend this book it's called life I swear and it's by Chloe Dulce Lufueza and I feel like me speaking with accents is kind of difficult and I try but (laughs) um yeah Chloe Chloe Dulce Lufueza um is her name the book is called life I swear and if you are a black woman you need to go grab this book ASAP however you read your books you need to read it you need to download it you need to pick it up like it's this book I've downloaded it but I really want to go find the hard copy of it because I want to write notes in it um because there are some parts in it that I was just like blown away there was this one quote in this book there are just parts of that book that are absolutely phenomenal and I haven't even finished reading it but I highly recommend it to everybody um, who is a black woman because it is stories about black women, healing, loving, all of that. And we need stuff like that um, or we need books like that. We need to hear stories like that that are, um, you know, helpful for us in our journeys of growth. And I highly recommend that. Without today's episode, I just want to say that There is a beauty in looking back into your past to remember who you are. It's not always easy to go back in your memory bank, especially when you're in situations that are challenging and you're in places where you're dealing with imposter syndrome or even like having depressive episodes or things like that. Um, But it is important. And sometimes just when you think you're at the end, you'll get a little, little, little glimpse of hope in the form of sometimes in the form of a messenger and I just hope that for everyone listening when you receive these messages or when you receive those messages um that you are able to acknowledge them and accept them I'm still working with what I got the message that I got the other day from when I was being evaluated but I um because I'm still I'm still in my own head about whether or not, you know, I want to let this go or I want to keep holding on. Um, but it did make me feel like I do know what I'm doing. And it, well, it, it made me realize that all the things that I knew to do, I was already doing right. And I appreciate that. But there is something to be appreciated um, by taking a look back to really I guess take note of everything that you've done and all of your accomplishments so that you can understand that you are where you are because you worked hard to get there and you earned it and even right now as I'm saying this I'm just having realizations to myself that like I am where I am because I worked hard to get here and that is that is a beautiful thing um lastly I want to leave y'all with this I started journaling this week and I completed my first full week of journaling which is something that I have not done ever (laughs) a full week no so I completed my first full week I had to I set an alarm in my phone so that it said it tells me, you know, when to journal just in case it gets too late and I realize I haven't. But it has been helpful. It has allowed me to be reflective um over the week. So I am officially journaling and I hope <laughs> that I am able to stick to this. I'm interested to see how long I'm gonna stick with this. But I am journaling, writing things down, okay? Um, chronicling my day. And I'm very proud of myself for completing my week of journaling. Even when I don't want to do it, I again, a lot of like a mental health journey is coaching yourself. So I have to coach myself and just be like, just 
Kendra, at least the least you could do is write the day, write the date and write the one feeling you felt today. <laughs> like, so, um, that's where I am. And I end up filling the page. Um, my reward that I give myself for journaling is like stickers. So I'll sticker it up in there. Um, because if y'all remember, I, I love doing like vision boards and stuff. So I enjoy collaging and stickers. So that is what I do. And, um, my journal, it's, it's coming along. So I hope that you all have a wonderful week and that you are able to pull from the positive file cabinet. One thing I can pull from the positive file cabinet this week is that we got so much done in my class this week. And, um, some of our science experiments that we did, <laughs> they really enjoyed. And I enjoyed watching their little faces as we did that. Another thing I can pull from the positive file cabinet is um, yesterday. I don't know. I just, sometimes your kids would just give you little, like little things or do little things or say little things that just make you feel really happy. Yesterday, I went to pick Sam up, my oldest from school, and we were walking and talking and he was just talking to me. And for those of you know, you know that Sam is a very emotional he's a highly emotional child um and we're just walking and talking he was just holding my hand and uh laughing with me and talking with me and that just made me feel happy (laughs) so I hope that you all can find some happy moments find some positive things in your week ahead and um if you want to follow me on all socials, you already know, is at your host, Kendra. I'm also right now working on revamping my Patreon, so it's not up, but hopefully it will be soon. Um, or talk to you guys on the next episode. Have a great week.